This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Last time, we talked a lot about how to safely return to the workplace and to do it with sensitivity. And today, we're going to add a layer. And that layer is about communication best practices, and particularly when you have a remote workforce. So even as companies are coming back to the physical work environment, to some extent or to a fuller extent, we know that there will still be some people working remotely. So I want to cover five best practices and ideas to keep in mind so far as communication. Number one, remember when your workforce is remote or you have some who are at the office and others who are remote, it takes a lot more intentionality to stay in touch with the entire workforce. That means it's important to consider many types of meeting options. One of the challenges with virtual work is that workers can sometimes feel isolated and they can feel alone at home and they can feel as though They're not finding out everything that they may need to find out, or they just might miss being able to run into their coworkers at the water cooler. So not only do you want to have meetings where it's a clear agenda and where you're disseminating information and you have topics that you're talking about and you're planning, thinking, and deciding together, you want to create also some informal virtual spaces, the virtual water cooler where people can gather and have those informal conversations. Maybe you want to create a virtual break room so that if different people are taking a break and it happens to be at the same time, they can drop into the break room, see who's there, And it's those conversations at the water cooler and the break room that often really spark innovation and creative thought and thinking. And that's an element that many times workers miss in the virtual environment. You also want to make sure that you have some daily check-in meetings so that in the morning people are able to connect with their team members find out who's doing what, what the plan is for the day, and then also have a wrap-up meeting at the end of the day. And these are very brief touch points. If we were in the physical work environment, these would be like a standing meeting. We're talking five minutes, seven minutes, no longer than 10 minutes for these touch-based sorts of meetings. So that at the beginning of the day, the manager or the team leader is able to assess what do my team members need? How can I provide that to them throughout the day? Who might I need to call up and say more to? And by the end of the day, you know what to follow up on 
in terms of the work products that had been planned. So again, it's being more intentional about these touch points. And in addition to those meetings and your regular meetings that you're having, occasionally it will be important to have a more company-wide sort of a town hall type of meeting. Or if you're a really huge or big company, then maybe it's regional or it's by discipline area, but a larger group where you're able to disseminate information to a larger group of people, let them know what is going on in the business, what's the state of the business, if you will. So those larger town hall kinds of forums can actually accomplish that goal. So think about the kinds of meetings you have and communicate more effectively in those venues. Number two, because workers are working remotely, you want to have clear specification of the expectations for those workers. And as you talk about the expectations and what work they're going to accomplish, it's important not only to focus on what you say as the leader, also focus on what that employee heard. So this is a two-way communication. You're having that employee repeat back what they heard as those expectations. And what are the behavioral and specific pictures of those expectations? How will I know that I'm doing the work? And how will you know that I'm doing the work? What is it that we ultimately are going to measure at the end of the day, at the end of the week about the work product that we have agreed to and those expectations? So I think communication clarity and being much more specific and much more behavioral is necessary. Number three, you want to then review the results of those expectations and figure out what's getting done and what's not getting done. So if I have not completed some work that you were expecting me to do, then we have to have a conversation about what happened, what was standing in the way, and what are the corrective actions to change the circumstances. Which brings me to number four, which is the feedback. When people are remote, sometimes they're not getting any feedback, whether positive or negative. And it's hard to tell if you're really on track. So you want to let remote workers know when they're turning in work and completing projects in a way that really does fulfill the expectation. That way they can know what to continue to do and what to increase. At the same time, you also want to let them know when things have not been up to standard. And again, the more behavioral and observable your observations, the better. So let's say you're talking to someone, you wouldn't want to say, well, on the XYZ project, you were not a team player. They don't necessarily know what that means because that's very big picture and it's not observable or specific. On the other hand, if you say, on the XYZ project, it was Thursday morning when we met at our beginning of the day meeting. And you said that you were going to interview these five people 
and you were going to write up their responses to our interview question and that you were going to disseminate that 1,000 word document to these five people on this distribution list. Now, it will be very easy for us to see, did you interview the people? Did you write the 1,000 word document? Did you disseminate it to the five people? That's observable, that's very specific. And we both will know whether it happened or not. And we can talk about what were the consequences. So let's say you accomplished that work task. One consequence might be that the next person down the chain, they were able to add their part to the work product. And we got that in on time and we preserved the budget that we were going for. Or let's say someone didn't get it done and the consequence is the next person didn't get the job passed to them in a timely fashion. Therefore, they couldn't do their part before the deadline and we were penalized as a result and lost money and revenue because it was a monetary penalty. So people have to understand what are the consequences of their behavior if they don't get something done. And then in that feedback session, you wanna talk about what are the next steps? How will we correct this situation? And what measures will be put in place so that this is less likely to happen again in the future? Which brings me to number five, you want to work with that employee that you're talking to to co-create what are those next steps that need to be in place. So this is not just dictating it to them. You're exploring it together. How come this didn't work? What else could be done differently? And that employee is committing to what they're doing differently. And you as the leader are agreeing that that action would be sufficient, that action would make a difference. And you both will then look at it down the line to see, did that work or do we need to add something else to it? So in that number five co-creation session about what's next, you'll also identify what resources your employee needs in order to accomplish the expectations of the job. So I say all of this to say that working remotely can be a win-win for both the employee and the workplace. And some employees really work better because they can concentrate more when they're working remotely. So be open to the possibility and just remember your whole communication system and process of communication has to be up-leveled in order to have the best results. As an executive business leader, you have many difficult decisions to make every single day. And it's important to think about how do you develop your people? How do you launch and develop high-performance teams? And how do you create a culture that wins every time? If you would like to take a look at your organization and to talk about the wisdom and guidance that would propel you to create a best place to work and also competitive advantage, then I invite you to apply for a consultation to work with me. Go to my website, www.transleadership.com, go to the services page, 
and under organizational consultation, you will see a tab that says contact us. That's where you request a consultation. So if you are an executive business leader in a medium to large size company, then I look forward to receiving your application and having a conversation with you. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.